Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wave Talks Fitness for Humans, Episode 2. Today, we're talking about fitness as a multidimensional, multifaceted thing. Because it's not just the physicality, right? It is also the mental aspect. And that's what we want to discuss today. My name is Cameron, and I'm here with Diana and Jess. We are equal partners in three-way fitness and health. And we are going to talk to you now. Talk. Yes. So now now we do the talking part. That was me talking right now. <laughs> so why is fitness more than just working out? We have, let's understand the components of fitness first. So we have the physical component that everybody knows about. You go to the gym, you lift a thing, you put it back down. And you do that a bunch of times, and then you flex your muscles in the mirror Hopefully in a subtle way that only you notice, that nobody else notices, but you kind of wish somebody else would notice, but you kind of are embarrassed about that, so you don't really want to do that. And it's in just the right lighting. And it's in just the right lighting, because most gyms actually think about that, because they want you to feel good while they're in there. That's 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 the conversation for a different day. It's also beyond the physicality. We also often talk about nutrition. Um, we talk about body connection. We talk about that self-awareness. One of the things that's coming up more and more now is the aspect of mental health and how that relates to the fitness in terms of like holistic uh, approach to fitness. So talk about emotional support, talk about community support, um, mind-body connection. You know, everybody kind of is getting back into yoga, not in that weird 70s way, but in an actual like functional good way. So the question becomes, how do all of these components work together? And further to that, how do each of them get addressed? Where do each of them get addressed, right? Because you might not necessarily be dealing with your mental health, uh, things like self-talk or what have you, while you're at the gym. You might not even notice it because you are doing something that provides you with those positive feelings. When you're doing the workout, you're getting the dopamine hit, you're getting that positive response. On the other side of that, um, when you're not at the gym for a few days or something like that, and the negative talk starts creeping in, how do we deal with that? Let's talk about those things. I find it interesting that a lot of people think of fitness as linear. They think, you know, if I eat right, then I exercise, I get goal of fitness. One, two, three. When in reality, fitness and health is more of a wheel where you're drawing attention to each individual component at different times, depending when those are needed. And you're trying to balance all of them at one time. So I find that for most people, if they're not in balance of most of those portions uh, of fitness or the components of fitness, it can lead to uh, a lack of equilibrium, a lack of homeostasis, where all of a sudden you try to counter really hard to make a change. So you see that a lot in people who uh, all of a sudden they're not able to exercise. So instead, they'll completely reduce their food to try to counter their lack of exercise. And instead of finding balance, what they've really found is the opposing end they found the other end that is not in balance also. When in reality, you need to try to do everything in unison. 
that's when you get into, um, you know, feeling comfortable in your body, uh, realizing that you just some days are bad instead of going into depression, relationship struggles and lifestyle struggles. Those things happen when you try to balance one, but not the other. So we really need to think of not just as fitness as the physical component, but we need to think of it as, you know, the other work that goes in with that. So that can be, you know, mental health check-ins. Um, that can be as simple as, you know, taking five minutes at the end of the evening to think, am I happy? Did I have a good day? What can I do differently tomorrow? What could I have done uh, better today? What did I do really good today? How was I successful to take care of myself? Because fitness isn't just about what you look like. It's about how you feel. It has to be about taking time for yourself. It's not about what you're putting out into the world and what everybody sees. It's all about you. There's this misconception in the fitness industry that fitness is supposed to be an expression to the world about who you are and what you are. When in reality, fitness is an expression to yourself about how you feel about yourself. Can I reframe one part of what you just said? Yeah. I think that a lot of the fitness industry actually isn't you presently it's you and how you're supposed to be Mm. it's somebody else's view it creates that sense of um and and forgive the statement but i can't think of any other way to put it of some sort of like fitness original sin where you are trying to get to someplace that is the better version of you is the um that you are inherently not good enough. Yeah, exactly. And that you have to get to good enough, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that then implies right off the bat that there is this mental health aspect that we're also dealing with. How do we resolve that? Well, how do you have goals without thinking you're not good enough? And I think that's something that, you know, North American society is it encourages because you should always have goals and you should always think you're not good enough and you should always be working towards that goal. When in reality, you are good enough and you can still have goals, but that doesn't mean that it changes your sense of self and sense of worth, right? Uh, Goals are just a way to try to bring out better qualities in yourself or enhanced qualities. It doesn't mean that you're inherently bad. Well, and goals can can take on other aspects where it's not that my goals are solely related to the gym, but my goals are to be able to be there for myself mentally and physically. My goals are to be able to help my loved ones mentally and physically. My goals are to be able to help the earth. Like that, our our fitness, our exercise and everything all is happening while we're living our lives and while our lifestyles are impacted by all these different things and people going on. So if we don't consider all these other things around us along with whatever our fitness goals are, we're always going to feel like it's this big battle and this big uphill climb that we can never reach and that trying to reach them is never going to be something we can sustain. So if we don't always look at our lives and how every little part of it is going to be something that we have to consider when when approaching any goals, then we're kind of always set up for failure and to always feel like 
like Cameron said, like there's this unattainable thing we have to reach and we are, and because we are working on reaching that as we are now is not good enough. I think a lot of that comes down to how you set your goals and what kind of goals you set too, right? So taking into account these components of fitness, mental health, self-care, self-awareness, community support, emotional support, you have to be able to set goals within that. So a lot of time people will set goals that are more aesthetically based as an example. Those goals are not concrete. They don't reflect uh, fitness as a whole. They reflect a very small portion of fitness, which is the physicality of fitness. Whether instead, why wouldn't we set a goal that um, incorporates that stuff? So my goal, for example, could be um, I want to be able to run with my children. So that's a goal. I need to be able to encourage myself to run. I need to be able to have an interaction with another individual. And in the process, I'm getting healthier. I'm feeling better about myself because I've attained something that's not only enriched the physical component of my life, but the emotional component of my life. What about the inherent issue with setting a goal like that of not being connected to the goal? So what you're talking about right now is that if, using your example, if you want to be able to run with your kids, also I didn't know that you had kids, um, are they yours? My kids are cats, just Kit- saying. Kitties. <laughs> um, but part of the issue with... Um, goal setting is I think it goes back to the same thing. A lot of people set goals that are not their own. They're the goals that they think they should set. Mm -hmm. And that's a really deep-seated bias that a lot of people sometimes will never see past, Mm -hmm. right? So you set yourself up for failure when your goal isn't true to your actual nature. For somebody that wants to like or thinks that they have to... um, I should rephrase that for somebody that wants to be able to run with their children. If they have a genuine desire to do that, they are going to be the ones that actually accomplish that. If they are doing it because they felt pressure from either seeing another family unit where, you know, a parent is running with the children or they have some sort of uh, familial or societal expectation that they're supposed to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Then I think they're setting like that's, prime set yourself up for failure, right? right? Because that's um, almost like a reverse narcissism in a way where rather than uh, you thinking you're the best, you're trying to perform, uh, like it's a performative goal that you're trying to do for somebody else, not, you know, for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're the actor on the stage trying to perform for everybody else versus Mm -hmm. you doing this for yourself. So how do we get to that deeper level of, understanding of self-understanding to get to an honest goal that you will actually feel good about reaching? Or conversely, how do we get to a goal that's actually achievable for us in the mindset that we're in right now? Mm -hmm. Do you set smaller goals or do you go through, you know, like, I guess everybody should go to therapy. Like, let's just scrap the whole health system and not worry about that. And it's only mental health. Only mental health from now on. <laughs> I, I think the type of goals you set go through phases. So on a, on a personal note, I've um, had a multitude of goals that have changed over time. Um, I've had strength goals and I've focused on that. I've had other goals where it was just to move. 
uh, other goals that it was just to be outside and moving or be with friends and moving. And those were what I needed at the time, right? So at the times that I needed more structure, I had a very rigid program. I had very specific performance goals that I was trying to attain. For example, you know, I wanted to be able to deadlift a certain amount of weight and I wanted to be able to bench press a certain amount of weight. But it's hard to stick to plans like that if you're having um, difficulty with mental fortitude at that time, right? So then eventually I hit a point where I was focusing too much on the physical component of fitness when I was doing that type of goal setting and programming. Not saying that happens with everybody, but then I needed to transition and it was really hard not to transition to something that it was just, I'm not going to do anything. So then I needed to take into account mental health. So what can I do within the capability of my life at this time within the constraints of my life? So that turned into, okay, well, I want to be active, but I don't want to program. So I started bouldering because I found that that was able to get the exercise that I needed in, but at the same time made me social and made me happy. So I was still able to work towards that goal, but in a different way. So sometimes goals don't necessarily need to be changed in terms of attainability, but the journey to how to get to that goal can change. Or you can change your goals entirely, which does happen sometimes when you're going through uh, difficulties with mental health. I know for me in the last little while, I've had more difficulty with mental health. Uh, Movement actually just spurred uh, emotional responses. I could not move without being upset, um, which is goes into the mind-body connection where if you, you know, you increase your heart rate, you become vulnerable, you become more in tune with yourself, and that can result in some emotional response. That happens sometimes. That might be why you feel like you're too depressed to move some days. It does happen. But that being said, my goal switched. My goal switched to, okay, I want to do one movement, and I'm going to do that today, not tomorrow, and the day after. So every two days, I'm going to do this one movement and see where that takes me. And that was a very, very small goal. I was able to achieve that goal because it was so small. It made me feel good about myself that I actually managed to achieve that. And then I ended up doing more. Then the goal got compounded with a little bit of a bigger goal. So I'm going to do two movements today. Okay. One, two, got that done. Where can I go next? So when you're having uh, areas that are draining your energy more, like mental health is draining your energy more, or your family is draining your energy more, or maybe not draining is the right word, it's just pulling more of that energy into it, you don't have as much to give in other aspects of fitness and health. And that's okay. That's when you give yourself ranges. You modify. Things change. Well, and I think this is where... Those other components of fitness come in like self-awareness, self-reflection, and then community or emotional support. Because, I mean, for you and I think all of us, we really talk about our feelings around movement and our goals and things like that. So for you, like to, to me, if I was looking at you as a client, I would say that's a huge win that you could take a look at yourself Uh, inside yourself and realize what was going on and that you were able to connect with something inside you that was like movement is not right for me right now and then figuring out how movement can be right for you and how you can feel like you're taking care of yourself so if we look at that as like yes that is your fitness right now like your fitness goal is to be able to figure out what you need and what's going on inside of you that's that's making you feel differently about your usual fitness goals. And I think that's how we can really evolve what 
uh, where our goals come from and why these goals are important to us. It is that that self-reflection. And that's really hard to do. Having that awareness of why we're choosing certain goals is really hard to do. And so that's where like the community and emotional support are really important. So whether that's, you know, some of your closest friends or family members, your colleagues, um, or a fitness professional or medical professional that you're working with that you can bounce off of, bounce ideas off of. You, you could also maybe bounce off your, your fitness professionals, but bounce <laughs> ideas off of them is a, is a better way to say We are not condoning you bouncing <laughs> off of your fitness professional or any other <laughs> professional for that matter. That, that could be really helpful in like a therapy session. <laughs> is that like kind of like that uh, trampoline training that everybody was doing for a while, but instead of a trampoline, you just bounce off your fitness the rebounder I believe the rebounder they're, they're with the with the handles rebounder. where you're just jumping <laughs> yeah yeah i just think of those like old 80s fitness trampolines that became a children's toy where at least one person that you know hurt like, themselves hurt themselves oh. and then your and then your mother immediately got rid of it because like so and so down the street i feel like that was hurt. more like pogo sticks i feel like those were more i think well then again i think every we used to bounce off those little trampolines with the the little uh, stability ball with the handles on it. So you, <laughs> you jump on the trampoline with the little ball. Oh, yeah. Extra bouncy. Oh, extra bouncy. So in, in regards to talking a little bit about community, and I, I think that I still I still have questions about goals, but we, we're kind of transitioning into this conversation about, about community. Um I recently read a book called The Influential Mind by Tali Sherot, or Sherritt. I'm not sure of the author's uh, name. But in one of the chapters, um, the author discusses a uh, study that was done on, I think it was in Facebook in 2012, uh, where they were manipulating the news feeds of about a half million people. Um, so one group of users was seeing predominantly positive news posts, uh, the other group mostly negative. What was found was, uh, the people that were, uh, seeing the positive posts were creating more positive posts themselves, right? And then the people that were creating, uh, or seeing the negative posts were then turning around and creating more negative posts themselves. So where do we kind of fall out with that aspect of it? Because when we talk about community, it's a double-edged sword. We, we talk about it with these rose-colored glasses right now of the fact that we think that everybody should, and I emphasize that we believe that everybody should be surrounded with a positive support network uh, of people that uh, you know genuinely encourage them and want them to do well. But community comes in all forms because for a lot of people now, and especially right now, it's online. And a lot of people are getting that sense of community through things like Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or I don't know. But that creation of a sense of community just from that group point does not in and of itself innately say positivity. You can be part of a community that is negative. You can be part of a community that is like neutral with positive and negative aspects. So it's not just about creating community, is it? It's about creating a sense of 
positive community, supportive community. Where do people go for that? How do they find that? How do they know if they're in that more negative community? I mean, obviously, if you feel like crap all the time after talking to people, um, that's a good indicator right there. But is that not an important component to consider? Because we are right now saying like that community is so important, but we're not qualifying what that means for it to be the positive aspect. And, and my kind of postulation right now is that it should be a positive community. If it's not, if you're not surrounding yourself with positive people and that's not, that's not available to everybody. Mm-hmm. People are in different situations. So what I, then? You know, having a positive community, like you mentioned, is very important because in those moments where you find yourself struggling um, and you go into that inner dialogue, right, that inner negative dialogue, that inner self-talk that's just telling you you're not good enough, that's where that community comes into play, right? So whether you choose to reach out to them or you're just in presence of your community, whether that be online or in person, that's what's going to help you towards, um, you know, the components of fitness that we've been talking about. That's how you're going to get healthier in that manner, right? So if you have somebody who's always giving you negative feedback, you don't have that self-worth, then it's really hard to continue along those difficult goals. It's really important to have somebody who's going to counter that negative self-talk when you're incapable of doing so. But where do you get that if like, so if you don't feel like you have that positive community, how do you find that? How do you find a community that you resonate with? Like, it's not something that I've ever thought about. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. quite lucky um, in my own journey, in my own story, uh, that I've found the people, including you guys, that I have found in my life and the people that I surround myself with now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a very good circle of humans mm-hmm. uh, around me and that I am part of many of their circles as well as, as like a cheerleader for them and what have you. But that wasn't always the case. I have absolutely surrounded myself with toxic, bad uh, people. And I, I, I don't mean to call them toxic, but the interactions between us were toxic and bad. And uh, I've had to separate myself from them. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of a lot effort of and a lot of self-work for me to start figuring out that that's how I could create good community was by improving my own sense of mental hygiene, right? Totally. And you also have to go through a search period, right? Like you have to be open to the idea of finding a positive community. You can't close yourself off and just hope that it finds you, right? Sometimes things fall into your lap, but essentially you have to go out and look for good people that you resonate with. And that can be, you know, through social events that can be through online. What's a social event? (laughs) Yeah. We don't know what that is anymore. Um, but finding good people, when you find someone that gives you that feeling like I want to be around this person, they make me feel good about myself. I like being in their presence. When that happens, you don't just ignore that feeling. That goes down into mental health, emotional health, where you can be aware of those feelings that you are comfortable with another human being. Then when they have similar views that resonate with either who you are or who you'd like to be, then you want to try to you know, see how they became that person. How did they get those qualities? How can I 
transfer that quality or that community quality to myself? How can I take care of myself better? Right. And that kind of, you can basically feed off of each other in that way. Well, and like, this is why, this is why this is part of fitness, the way we see it, because finding that community, uh, checking in on yourself and whether or not you're getting what you need from the current community you have, Mm This is all like work that we have to do to figure out if this is serving us and serving whatever those goals are that we have that look like. And so I think a big part um, of figuring out which community works for us, about figuring out when I've hit my physical fitness goal of how I look or how much weight I'm lifting, I think we have to bring boundaries into that conversation because boundaries call on us to look inside ourselves, our pasts, what we're doing, what we're saying, um, how we're living our lives and say, is this working for me? Is this not working for me? So if we can sort of bring our boundaries to every aspect of fitness that we've sort of outlined, boundaries to the community, are they making me feel really uncomfortable about something? Are they challenging me in a way that makes me feel good and like I can explore more of myself or do better? Are they nurturing me? And then just like with our fitness goals, am I going to the gym for three hours and not feeling like I'm uh, and not feeling satisfied? Am I low energy? Am I struggling to sleep but tired all the time? We kind of have to figure out these boundaries or is all the time I'm spending in the gym or uh, doing really extensive meal prepping so that I eat only X amount of calories, is that... uh, cutting into my social time and now am I suddenly feeling really alone and unsupported and now feeling lower energy like all these things kind of factor in and I think we can bring boundaries into how those can get away from us or how those can feel really comforting for us so how do you develop a sense of boundaries asking this genuinely as somebody that's been terrible at boundaries um (laughs) and only learning in the latter part of his life what it means to have boundaries. How, like, what would you say to a person that was like, walked up to you on the street and was like, hi, uh, <laughs> I think you're one of the three-way peoples. Uh, could Is you this tell Oscar me, the Grouch that just walked up to me on the street? Could you tell me how to make a, uh, this is a non-copyrighted new character <laughs> that's been developed currently right now. <laughs> could you tell me how to uh, set a boundary? How would you tell somebody to set a boundary, like right off like the bat? Because it's I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I think the application of like boundaries, people think of boundaries as walls for the most part, right? People think of boundaries as something they will not cross. So how do you how do you define a boundary a little bit better so that you know me as a listener, um, like when I'm listening to this, I I can say like, okay, so that's how I do that. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I never really thought about boundaries and thought about how they would be a good thing. And I think that growing up, I always thought like, no, I have to do everything for everyone else. doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I'm supposed to take care of all this other stuff. So boundaries at that time felt really like a negative thing. And like they were Like it meant that I was going to be doing something wrong or hurting somebody by having boundaries. But it wasn't until I actually started doing journaling and it was just as a way of supporting myself through um, a very aggressive physical fitness goal. 
but that journaling led to me um, just kind of writing out emotions that I didn't really understand what exactly they were, where they were coming from, but it was just getting them out and then reflecting on that, starting to read through and realizing things I was feeling kind of helped me get more awareness of myself. And so it started to show me things that were upsetting me, things that were making me feel good, things that I was lacking that I wanted more of. And so I know this is like really abstract and very specific to me, but it wasn't until realizing what was really important to me, what my values really were, um, what things I liked to feel and didn't like to feel that I kind of started to understand that I could control that Mm -hmm. in a way that was benefiting me, but that when I was getting that benefit, my world around me would also get the benefit, meaning they would get the best of me and also getting the best of me, I could give so much to them and be a more effective human at work, in my relationships, um, and anywhere else that I can't think of that's important to be effective. But Driving. Driving. I could be a very effective driver when I got to the roots of my boundaries. But it was like in learning what was really important to me, I could set those boundaries. So then if, if something came up where that boundary was being challenged... I could think about, ooh, like this is making me feel really uncomfortable. Is that because this is going to be something that's going to push me out of my comfort zone and get me to do something that I would be really happy with? Or is this because it's testing me in a way that makes me feel unsafe or like I'm going to be going into a situation that will that I won't be happy with? So it kind of starts putting those things on your radar. At least that's what it did for me. I think you have a really good point when you said that boundary, is this disruption of my boundary going to benefit me or is it going to make me uncomfortable, right? And that's something we need to remember about boundaries. Um, Some people don't set them and some people set them too harshly, right? And I I would like to draw a, a connection between identity and boundaries because as you get to know yourself better, you get to understand and if we just go full science here, how a stimulus can affect an individual. Stimulus comes in positive or negative response. You start to learn that you have a negative response to things and you set a boundary or you don't and you have a more negative response, right? So you have to set that boundary in order to counteract that. So you have a positive response. You realize somebody acts towards you in a specific way. It makes you uncomfortable. You decide to tell that person, I don't like how you're acting. You set that boundary positive response. But if we set that boundary and say, I can't pass that because I'm afraid, that's a boundary that doesn't challenge us, mm-hmm. right? And that's when health and fitness can also come to uh, a halt, right? Where you're afraid of the changes that can happen too. Mm-hmm. So I do like that you said positive. You can have two types of boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Ones that can be challenged and you can be open to letting them be challenged, which is healthy and is great for personal growth. Um, and then there's other ones that are also great for personal growth where you've said, you know what? I don't want that. It doesn't make me happy. Mm-hmm. I would like to remove it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is an extremely healthy thing too. And I think more people are lacking in that type of boundary. Yeah. Right. So understanding you're having a mental health day, I'm setting a boundary today. This goal can be on hold for a day. Well, and I think what can also be really challenging with boundaries is that, um, like, if we're so used to putting others before us, but realize we have this boundary of, oh, like, this is going to disrupt my sleep, and my sleep is what makes me feel good, so that's a boundary I have to keep. But, you know, say somebody we know is, like, really having a crisis, 
then we kind of decide, like, am I being selfish if I stick to my boundaries or am I really looking after my well-being? And I know that I will be able to better help this person. Maybe crisis is too dramatic, but, you know, maybe I'll be be able to better help this person mm-hmm. once I've slept and have taken care of these boundaries or adhered to them or however you want to look at it and then move And I think sometimes that's where it can, in different circumstances, it can set us to change our boundaries in a healthy way, or it can make us cross those boundaries, having a negative reaction, and maybe it kind of spirals into Mm -hmm. some other uh, habits that that haven't served us. And this all comes down to how well do you know yourself? And how well can you reflect on your behavior and the behavior of others towards you? I, I think that this comes around actually to agree with both of you, but state it in maybe a different way, is this comes down to the idea of self-work, right? Um, and so we talk about like, you know, D, what you're talking about is having a sense of like time to reflect, Right when you're talking about journaling and you're talking about considering the things that you have been writing and saying like oh this is the uh, small epiphany that I take from that yeah and Jess when you saying like I apply um, this like litmus test to these different stimuli that come in um, and you know make my decisions based on that that's another form of reflection mm-hmm. right and so I want to just make sure that we're making that very very obvious that what we are all agreeing on here is that we have this time to, and for lack of a better term, to meditate on the various things that come into our world, uh, you know, to make ourselves kind of reconsider things or to, to help start setting those, um, fences up where like that's okay. So like, you know, the fence can be moved if it needs to be, but that becomes the the boundary that we we operate from, which keeps us safe. Mm-hmm. The other part of it too that I think Jess, you kind of touched on as well, is that um, we are very uncomfortable with discomfort in this society. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are we are not good at like we would rather push past. Uh, discomfort rather than sitting into it and like spending a minute with it. And the more studies that are done on, can you keep typing D? Cause that is all I can hear right now. Sorry. That's all I can hear too. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is it's the, the more studies that are done on people that deal with discomfort, either by ignoring it or by um, kind of like sitting with it and understanding it, is the people that ignore it tend to start developing more uh, negative outcomes, so anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the people that actually sit into that uh, type of, of discomfort or unease or what have you tend to have better outcomes. And I won't speak directly to those outcomes or, or quote any scientific studies. You can go out and find scientific studies that speak to whatever you want to speak right now at this point in time and in disinformation and everything that's out there. But the majority of the ones that I've read have said that you can, um, facing your fear, facing the thing that scares you is actually how you overcome it. We all, we all know this. We've all heard this. So it's something to keep in mind. And that's actually a good place to go back to talking about physical fitness because there are those people that we know that work out because they think if they miss a workout, they're going to die. 
they like in some manner of speaking, right? They're going to lose. They're going to, uh, you know, suffer. They're going to create negativity. Uh, they're going to like, who knows? They're going to look in the mirror and not like who they see because of that dysmorphic ability for us to turn what you were yesterday into something that's much worse today. Um, and so that again has to be looked at from this this aspect of, of the mental health and what's the community that you're a part of and what does that self-talk look like mm-hmm. and what are you doing to start changing the messaging that you're getting in your own head, right? And then the other part of that too, I think, is, nope, I lost it. Jess, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that that, you know, when you said lean into it or ignore it, that energy that you've created from that discomfort, when you lean into it, you express that energy in a constructive form. When you avoid it, that energy gets retained and needs to be expressed in some other form. It doesn't just yeah. disappear. Yeah. And it'll keep piling up. It will keep, keep piling up. So that can be expressed in you know, exercise addiction that can be expressed in, you know, calorie restriction that can be expressed like extreme calorie, addiction, extreme like calorie restriction, into, like anorexia or something. Yeah. Like that. Okay, gotcha. that can be expressed in anxiety where you just start having anxiety attacks and you're not sure why. Right. So taking the energy or the feelings that you have regarding, um, you know, anything negative in your life, if that's not expressed in a constructive form, it's going to express itself anyway. Yeah. So you, it is. And whether you like the way it expresses itself or not, right? So trying to understand yourself in those negative thoughts, like Cam was saying, is really important. And using that community to express that in a constructive way versus a non-constructive, which could be like exercise addiction, for example. Telling your community, hey, listen, I'm having a hard time because of such and such. Mm -hmm. I need to process. And they help you process that instead of you taking out that anger on yourself. Yeah. Well, and what's really important is not seeing this as a failure. Like if we take all these components of fitness that we kind of brought up at the beginning, having to pause your workouts or take time off of a workout to take time to explore uh, these feelings you're having, this negativity or whatever's kind of uh, revealing itself in, in whatever way that Jess kind of listed off here, like that is not a failure to reach your goals. It takes you one step closer. Yeah, that is an enormous component to what's going to help you reach your goals. And it might even change what that goal looks like, but it might be something that is truer to you when you really look inside yourself. And it might be something that, that ends up getting you more of that community support you need or that might end up rounding out something that's missing from all those components of mm-hmm. fitness. And fitness and health, it's a long game. It is not instant gratification. It is not, I need this today. You need to think, how can I best support myself essentially Mm -hmm. in the long game that is life, right? Looking for instant gratification through any of these means and only focusing on one is not going to get you where you hope to be. How am I going to be okay years and years and years from now? And I know it's hard to think that far ahead, those little, little tiny things that you do to self-manage or help yourself is what's going to help you 20 years down the road. Mm -hmm. 
I think that um, I remember the other thing I was going to say. Uh, <gasps> so excited. I know, right? And it's actually relevant to what we're saying. I'm not like taking the conversation <gasps> back. God, by... it's good. It's good to know that we haven't gone way off on a tangent then. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the better lessons that I've got uh, recently in my life was something that my uh, sister usually says to me as a reaction to something that I'm telling her about my own life that I need like <laughs> advice on or something like that. Uh, and she always tells me that you got to put on your own oxygen mask first. And this is um, about the idea of, you know, if you were on a plane that was in distress and you were going to... Didn't you say this exact thing in the last podcast? Probably. You might have. But it's still relevant right now. It's always relevant. It's still relevant right now. So if you haven't listened to the other podcast, then this is the first time you're hearing it, but you should probably go listen to the context of it in the other podcast. Because it's uh, very different. Because it's it's a little different. But, um, you know, again, so putting on your own oxygen mask first, we, we think of it almost in the first like blush of hearing that it sounds really selfish. It sounds really like, how could you, what about everybody else? But we live in a performative society. We live in a society that has expectations of how you perform. Right. And that's why we have these feelings of if I don't do this, then everybody will think. Mm -hmm. Right. So the idea of putting on your own oxygen mask in the different context from the last time it was mentioned, <laughs> D, um, is simply that that is the statement that talks about your self-work that you need to do because mm-hmm. self-work leads to self-worth. Good rhyme. That was super catchy. It's Yes. <laughs> Yes, but, but it is absolutely, I think, the distillate of what we've been talking about today. If you consider fitness as this holistic thing, or mm-hmm. if you consider, uh, if you don't want to consider like fitness as that broad thing, then that's all self-work, right? Why are you doing fitness? It should be for you, not for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um And I think that that's one of the big things that kind of gets lost in a lot of people's journeys is, again, if I go back to that statement of like a lot of people are doing workouts because they think that they need to look a certain way, uh, you know, for the contingent of society that they're trying to appease for some reason, it's, it, it becomes crazy when you realize that everybody else is thinking the same bloody thing. Yeah. Right. You think you're performing for them. You think you're like developing the body that you want them to love, Mm -hmm. but really they're doing the same thing. Everybody's worried about what everybody else is thinking. Nobody's worried about themselves. And that's the shift that we're starting to see now. And that's what we're talking about right now is that your self-work is not actually greedy. So when you talk about needing sleep, like Mm -hmm. for me, I'm terrible at sleeping, right? And if somebody needed me enough that they got me out of there and it was important enough that they like, you know, phoned me enough times that I woke up and whatever, mm-hmm. I'm 100% I'm going to be there for them. Yeah. But at the same time, I also know that I'm going to have better information, better logic, better, um, you know, be a better example for, for them if I've gotten all of my sleep. Mm-hmm. And if I can keep improving myself 
by working on myself, by going to get the help that I need from the, you know, wonderful FST providers that are immediately in the room with me right now. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, learning. He's talking about me. <laughs> that was Jess, by the way. Um, but going to the different uh, mental health professionals that I do go to see, and there are multiple ones, and that's not a bad thing. Um, and the multiple physical health uh, therapists that I that I go to see, I'm improving myself. I'm in less pain. I'm less of a jerk to the people around me, at, at least at a minimum. Agreed. Like if, 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 if there's no other benefit from it other than like you are more balanced and happier that way, then you are positively influencing the people around you, creating positivity within the community. And thus, you tend to self-regulate the community that you're a part of. So you start surrounding yourself with like like more um, positive, uh, functional is the word that I'm thinking of right now. When I say functional, I don't mean people that are dysfunctional. I mean people that are dysfunctional to your needs, right? So more functional to your needs and creating a better sense of self, which can then start to allay a lot of the negative um you know, self-talk and other things that we started talking about here. You basically become a positivity magnet. You you do work on yourself, you start to feel good about yourself, and then you start to attract other people. And then, boom, you are the community that you wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Good. <laughs> good. Um, yeah, no, so... I think that, you know, we are in this, this, this place right now. And I mean, ironically, this company that we started is actually a result of a lot of positive work that each of us did on our own. And we came together, um, I think as equals, I mean, you guys might disagree with me about that, but, um, did just I, let, let me rephrase that. Not as equals per se, because I think that we're 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 not equals. I think we fit together like good puzzle pieces. We but, know I'm the shortest uh, one. Ha ha ha. <laughs> wasn't talking about that. But um, we came together. We came together as um, like equals in the sense of we were all ready for this like positive community that we were ready to create. Is that fair? Yes. Okay, good. Um, and so to me, that's a really, really good example of exactly what we're talking about today, right? We all got to this place where, and there's still a, a ton to learn. There's going to be like, that's, that's life in a nutshell. If you stop learning, then I don't really understand. Uh, like, I think, I, I don't think humans have the capacity to stop learning, even if they want to. Um, you keep accidentally learning stuff. And so I say, choose the stuff that you're learning about because that's going to serve you a lot better. Can you not crack your knuckles on the podcast? please? <laughs> that is one thing that we have just learned is that the mics pick that up really, really well. Just like typing. Just like typing. About um, snapping? Snapping is, is very annoying. All of this is very annoying. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Um, you guys have done a great job hanging out and listening to us. And we want to know what you think about this. So you can email us, uh, the number three, three wave fitness at gmail.com. You can add us on social media at 
three, the number three, wave, no space. So at three wave underscore fitness on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and we also have a Patreon page. And of course, you know, we would love if you'd come and support us on Patreon. We have some really cool tiers that we uh, are more than happy to work with you and give you all the cool stuff. And you can see actual pictures of us. And uh, on YouTube, you can see videos of I was us. about to get there. Uh, we do have a YouTube page that we're very proud of. We put the content out every week and we'd love for you to subscribe and keep up with us and, and you know, send us comments and let us know what you're doing and what you want to see and what you want to hear. We want to talk. We want you to be part of our community because we think you're awesome for listening through this long if you've actually listened through this long. so You did it. That's it. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast about fitness, believe it or not. And we hope you guys have a great two weeks between now and then. And we hope that the world just continues to get better because there's a lot of seeds of negativity out there and we don't want you guys being dragged down by that. But if you know, you're feeling rough or something's going on, let us know how we can help. Thanks a lot for listening. We are Three Wave, Jess, Diana, myself, Cameron. We will see you soon. Toodaloo-loo. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>